You're listening to C-Jam, 99.1 FM, Windsor, Detroit. Save the date. C-Jam is celebrating 40 years on the FM dial this coming November. Circle Saturday, November 18th on your calendar and plan to join us for an anniversary party for the ages at Art Windsor, Essex. Stay tuned for more details or visit us at cjam.ca for more information. It's great to talk to you. Um, my name is Mia Zhu. And my name is Muti. And you're listening to Apps and Sounds here on CGEM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. Uh, so Apps and Sounds is kind of an album playthrough show, but we also love getting to know artists and diving into the world of who they are and, you know, sharing them with our listeners. And so we're super excited to have, would you like to introduce yourself for everybody today? I'm Roy, uh, and uh, I play in Roy Trout, and uh, I'm a songwriter, and uh, I play guitar. <laughs> yes. And uh, you're from Windsor, right? Yes, yes, I'm from Windsor. All right. Well, 
It's a pleasure to have Roy. If you guys were able to catch him at the CGM Higher Ground Festival, he also did play with his band and it was an incredible experience. Also, if you are a longtime CGM listener, you will or you would have noticed that they also did a live session, which was uh, you can also see the archive on YouTube. Uh, it's really fun. And that, I guess, pretty well showcases the energy you guys have, uh, especially in a small space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's some CGM history for you. For you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but before we dive or talk a little bit about the music that you've done and the music that you are maybe creating in the future, we want to also dive into a little bit of your history and get to know you and your musical journey. So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started and what was your first propeller into music? You know, it might be a little stereotypical, but <laughs> as a child, uh, I studied classical music. So I, I started music at a very young age. Um, and, uh, the first thing I studied was the violin. So, okay. uh, I learned to play the violin pretty much throughout my entire childhood up until, uh, high school was over. So grade 12. And then, uh, from there, I decided not to go to, uh, university for music for, or for classical music anyways. And, um, that's kind of where I pivoted and like was, de- I decided that I like kind of enjoyed the creative process of music a little more than just strictly the performative process. So, um, you know, I just kind of started learning to play the guitar and then, uh, here I am now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I guess also around my high school times, um, a lot of my friends were playing in bands and like, it was kind of like punk rock and, and it, it exposed me to a different aspect of music that, you know, was, I wasn't as familiar with growing up. And I really enjoyed the scene and like uh, all my f- friends were from that scene. So I think it just naturally progressed into uh, writing my own music and starting my own band. Now, you mentioned that your friends were also into the scene. Were your friends also getting started playing musical instruments, I guess, or like the guitar and drums around the same time, too? And did they join you? I don't know, making a band? I think most of my friends that I met around that time started playing also when they were pretty young. So I felt a little behind because I didn't know how to play like uh, the rock instruments as well as they did um, when I started. But at first I was just kind of like tagging along and like going on tour with them and stuff just in like a roadie capacity or like doing merch and stuff. And it wasn't until like maybe uh, around my early 20s that I started playing my own music. And was it difficult for you to transition from playing the violin to guitar or was it um, and do you still play the violin and also would you play the violin on any of your records or music <laughs> now? Um, no, I've thought about <laughs> I've thought about incorporating some of it but uh, I think like the skills you learn um, just studying music they are transferable to like other instruments, but specifically the technical skills you get from the violin don't really translate to the guitar, but just like the understanding of like how music works and the theory and that kind of stuff that's transferable. And it definitely has helped learning the guitar a little faster, I think, mm-hmm. than just cold Turkey entering it. Yeah. But, um, and it's funny too, cause the way that I approach playing the guitar is very different than how I approached classical music because classical music is very like technical, precise. And with the guitar, I kind of just picked it up and just started playing and whatever happens, happens. And 
I don't exactly even know what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a fun process and it's more enjoyable to me uh, to be able to write and be more expressive than just perform classical music. So we're going to start playing some tunes for you again, jumping into some tracks from Roy with Snake Oil. He is here and I fell asleep. You're listening to Apps and Sounds, and this is our interview with Roy Trout.
Three songs were Snake Oil, He Is Here, and I Fell Asleep by Windsor artist Roy Trout. This is our interview with Roy. Yeah, but even touching a little bit on the like the expressive point, I always have this picture in my head when I think of like somebody who turned classic- classically as being very, um, not like stifled, but you know, almost having this like tentative nature towards music and it's like oh it has to be perfect and maybe that in a way that in in my head would turn you away from wanting to do more music so i just find it interesting that you it was can propelled you to like you kept going after that did you ever feel that resistance in any capacity uh definitely i i think that i was starting to get a little burnt out from the classical music after so many years and you you are playing some very old music and there's like an ex expectation of how to do it and like the way you're expressive in classical music is kind of how you put your own i guess little flavor or spin onto performing these ancient songs that have been played thousands of times and so it's very subtle and it's not as you're you're more getting into the mindset of somebody else i think when you're playing classical music whereas like when you're writing your own you have the freedom to to kind of explore different things that are i think i found challenging to do um through the rigidity of classical music yeah and so and so in that sense um was it were there any specific breakthroughs you had for yourself or revelations personal growth periods that came out of it uh, well you know i like playing my own is definitely like uh, i guess it's just like uh I was I was rediscovering music from like a beginner's perspective and like finding that enjoyment that kind of broke through I guess like being jaded about it and 
and I really enjoyed that feeling of like being able to appreciate it from such a root level again. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's reinvigorated the musician in me. As you were reinvigorated and started your own uh, project, Roy Trout, I'm so curious, how did you come about the moniker Roy Trout? Because I know that's not your actual last name. name. Yeah, I'm just curious about where that, how you even came up with the idea. Is that what's in the nickname that people used to call you in the past? Or Well, I, uh, so I, I really like uh, Kurt Vonnegut. And <laughs> um, in his stories, he writes himself in as the character uh, Kilgore Trout. So I was calling the band just Trout for a time. And then I realized it's very difficult to um, find it on the internet because it's such a common word. Like it's like tons of trout fishing and fish. And then like at the very bottom, me. <laughs> so I added just Roy uh, recently to make it easier to find. But uh, that's where Trout came from is my favorite character in uh, my favorite novel is named Kilgore Trout. Are you a big book lover then? Do you read a lot of are you a book lover? Uh, you know, I think I was uh, when I was younger, but like, you know, I, like now I feel like I only read when I'm on vacation or like have time to just sit and do nothing. And uh, I find I'm just like, I don't make the time to read like I used to, which is a little sad, but hopefully I can start doing it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do you consider yourself a storyteller at all? Um. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I find that uh, even even in my music, I'm not often very narrative. It's like usually kind of vaguely like I, I like to be able to leave it to interpretation rather than kind of a more deliberate narrative kind of story. But you know, I'm also open to the idea of writing more with the narrative process, more literal kind of storytelling type stuff, and. That's kind of the joy of making your own music is that like you can try any new thing you want and uh, it's always fun to, to experiment that way.
Jesus. We are the jamming one. We are your only sound alternative. We are redefining radio. We are reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. We are the last bastion of hope against a sea of corporately controlled interests. We are enriching the community with learning opportunities that have been a stepping stone for a vast array of successful individuals from all walks of life. Punk. Dub. Classical. Techno. And so many other genres of music that we could spend an hour listing them for you. We are straight. We are transgender. We are women. We are men. We are old and young. We are novices and veterans. We are the community, the country, and the world. We are all races, skin tones, colors. We are inclusive. We are the jamming one. We are your only sound alternative. We are redefining radio. We are reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. We are CJAM 99.1 FM. Dear listeners, as you may have heard, Meta, which owns Instagram and Facebook, is blocking Canadian access to all content created by news providers, including this radio station, in response to the Online Broadcasting Act. Access to local news and information matters to everyone, and while radio stations use their airwaves to keep you informed, we also use social media to share local news, events, and initiatives, and even content about our upcoming programming. We need you to write your MP and convey your concerns. Learn more and find a letter template for your MP on our website. Thank you for your support. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to Apps and Sounds today. We're joined by Windsor-based artist Roy Trout, who played at CJAM's Higher Ground Fest and has been, you know, doing some fun stuff around CJAM, so you definitely should check him out. We played three songs from him in that last set, and they were New Space, QT, and Sugar Boy. Jumping back into our interview with him. So would you say that um, for you, the purpose behind creating is really just the joy of it? Or is it, you know, I guess some people say that they write music because they need to have an outlet for their emotions or they're processing something or they're writing because, you know, it's, for, or you know, for whatever reason, would, would you say that the fun part of it is just really what drives you to write? Definitely it's fun. And I think that uh, it's just sort of become a part of my identity and I just feel like I can't even imagine not doing it. And even if it's not for anybody to listen to, or it's just like the act of doing it just feels like cathartic and like what I'm supposed to be doing. And I really enjoy it. Uh, even if I don't have any specific thing I'm trying to like channel through it, like just doing it is fun. And like, it feels like I'm doing the the thing that I'm meant to do when I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, really, I do like that. I think, I know you kind of said that there's no real specific, or you kind of often speak vaguely in your lyrics, but we kind of love to dive into the, maybe not nitpick, but we, <laughs> love, we love to go back and do a little track by tracks about uh, records and EPs. And so we're going to do that with you today as well. Um, but before okay. we do that, I want to just ask about the inspiration behind um, Sugar Boy. 
before like above oh, all okay. that's kind of the, the main what i was like what sugar boy that's such an interesting <laughs> title well i guess for that song in particular i was i was contemplating how like it's kind of like funny to write uh like a, a romantic song and it's like vulnerable and i find that it's difficult to do in a way that isn't silly not not necessarily silly but like um it's just, i find it just challenging to not sound like too corny when you start getting into like poppy love songs so in that one i was just tackling the idea of of trying to write uh like a like a loving sexy song i don't know <laughs> do you consider yourself a sugar boy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess that song is about me. So, uh, yeah, I am the sugar boy. <laughs> so, you know, it's like people, when you start doing things, like, ironic, like, oh, it's just for fun. And then it, and then you actually become that thing. Yeah, exactly. It, I think I went, I approached it maybe being like, you know, this is a hard concept because, and then, and then it ended up just becoming like, oh, this is, I'm just writing like, this is me. <laughs> and do you have, when you're, I guess when you're writing, like these love songs or at least this one do you have um yeah. someone that it's towards do you does it mean something to you well in that song in particular i believe i'm uh it's like in the it wasn't directed at anybody uh in specific but it's like more just like the idea of like it's like i'm i'm pining for somebody and like trying to trying to get them to understand my intentions and like my feelings and it's just kind of directed at the world i guess <laughs> not really anybody specifically yeah i always kind of i wonder about when people you know i, I was watching there's this youtuber that i really love shana clee purple palace and she she went through a divorce and she tracked like all of her experiences into her videos and she mentioned that one day maybe um partner in the future would watch them and see her being like all the things that she was saying about it and so i guess when i listen to um songs that are kind of lovey yeah do you do you ever think about the person in the future that you know potentially could listen to it and what they might think listening to it or is it just like i'm gonna put it out there and i'm gonna leave it and whoever sees it sees it and that's it i think i'm definitely more of the latter like i mm -hmm. i really like how the i like the perception of it can change from person to person and i like people listening enough i guess to make their own interpretation so i i guess i like to challenge the listener to figure it out rather than like lay it out for them so i definitely like somebody whoever to like just pick it up and and get what they can from it rather than more of a diary type of thing mm -hmm. yeah and does that change when you're working collaboratively? For example, like with the Our Hell EP with Jesse Fellows? Um, well, Jesse is like a very old friend of mine. And he's like one of those people that I met early on that kind of inspired me to be a, you know, songwriter, musician. And um, we've collaborated a lot uh, in the past. So that one was just really easy to uh, whip up together. And uh, I guess uh, it, his his songwriting is a little bit different than mine so i guess we just like make space for each other and that one's like a split so half of those songs are, are just his and it's just fun to like put out a project together yeah I've been to the water. 
was uh, going to ask, how do you think his he approaches songwriting differently than you do? I think he's more intentional with his lyrics. Like, uh, he, he definitely thinks about them a little more. I actually hate writing lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's like my least favorite part about the song is like, I love writing the music and like, when it gets to like trying to write something meaningful, it's always very challenging for me. But with him, he's like a very natural writer and he's very creative. So I think that part is the part that maybe he enjoys the most. Yeah. Well, you should just start a math rock. I mean, <laughs> instrumental. <band. laughs> I, have get, I have to get better at the guitar first. But uh, no, I think I, I still gravitate towards like catchy kind of simple music that is like easy to process and like, uh, there, there's something about a catchy tune that you can't forget that is it's easy but at the same time challenging to to write that if that makes sense it's like yeah if it's too like math rocky too complicated it's hard to make it hooky and catchy but um also you can't make it too simple you know or otherwise it's like you're phoning it in kind of thing but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what type of songs come to mind when you think about like ones that you want to emulate in that way you know of songs that are pretty catchy and not too mm. complex or anything but yeah sticky let me think i don't know i think maybe it's just because i have like a like a punk background like it's like all the music is kind of just like you know four chords punk, i mean i yeah. guess like uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, i guess that's a part of what inspires my my songwriting and then I don't know, like, even like, like, even like the Beatles, for example, you know, they're all like very catchy melodies, and they're not overly complex on the surface. And it's more so flexing their creativity in making those simple tunes so memorable and lasting rather than just like shredding the whole time and like showing off the whole time. I think there's something to be said about a very talented musician being able to dial it back and be reserved and be appropriate for a song rather than always trying to just show off the maximum capacity of what they can do. Yeah. So I think just like, I guess, yeah, like stuff like that is what I try to channel when I'm in the creative process. Yeah, except for sure. Cause I think a lot of times when people get into that, headset sometimes it's because they feel like they have something to prove and if they have to prove yeah. something every single time then they're really gonna you know force yeah. themselves to be perfect in every way too yeah you don't want to put too much of like yeah like the burden on the audience to like have to just suffer through that you know there yeah, should just be little... emotional. <laughs> yeah yeah there's just like little opportunities to be able to do that and then being able to pull it back is, I think, a part of the talent of being able to play in an ensemble as well, not just like like, uh, like when you're playing with a whole band. You can't always be at the front, you know, like there's a there's an ebb and a flow and interpreting that is kind of a part of like the fun of being a musician in a collaborative project. Uh, being in a band, can you talk a little bit more about that, about the people that you have playing with you when you play shows live um, and just work on records and stuff? Um, well, uh, in this iteration of, of my band, I have uh, Colin Wiseman, uh, Jeremy Coulter, Pat Power, and uh, James Brown. And they're all their own, like... Uh, they, they are all songwriters themselves. 
So it's actually kind of interesting because in this project, it's like they all really dial it back because they're all also very creative and they write their own music. And for this in particular, they're like taking the role of not the songwriter so much. And I do find it kind of enjoyable working with people who are all they have the mindset of of songwriting like at the forefront so it's 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 very easy to work with them in terms of writing a song together because everybody's kind of got the vision in their head the same way mm-hmm. yeah the voice you just heard was roy trout and we are doing an interview with him here on apps and sounds we're going to play some songs from him next up we got pollinator scaredy cat and beguiled you're tuned in to cgm 99.1 fm
And um, I know that you're going on tour, or at least to the UK. And uh, are you are you all going together? Um, we're actually not. I think Walter got that confused with uh, with somebody else. Huh. Well, because <laughs> he said that to me too. He said that to me too, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, I would love to. I would love to, but uh, nothing on the itinerary right now for that. I think it's on your band camp. Ah, uh, then that must be some kind of crossed wires with whoever. Uh, there must be another trout that, um, that, that is, is doing that. Yeah, I was like, wow, you're going to the UK? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be really awesome. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, because yeah, Walter surprised me with that one too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, Walter, that would be listening. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you got us. <laughs> what Surprise, else? Is, you're actually going to the UK right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh, are you, I guess, planning in the future? I hate, I know people hate that question, but I guess it's just so interesting to see what people are, you know, looking forward to or planning to do. Uh, well, tomorrow. you know, I. Um, <laughs> well, I'm uh, looking forward to writing more music. I've been kind of. Uh, playing the same material that I've written kind of a few years ago now for a while. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just going back to the drawing board and then coming up with some new material. Um, yeah. So I guess in terms of playing live, it's not so much the uh, forefront of my focus right now. It's I'm going to try to dial that back, write some new material and then kind of try to amp that up again. Sorry, I was going to say this project started sort of as like a, a side project to my other bands that were a little bit more busy in terms of playing shows and touring and stuff like that. So this originally was just like my home base band that like uh, I would write with on the side just to like have another outlet for music. But over time, you know, the other one, the other projects kind of petered out and like this became my primary focus. So it's interesting to to take my kind of side project in the back of my mind and like switch it to the forefront, which is, I guess by writing new material, this might be kind of trying to make this my focus rather than some of my other projects in the past. Yeah. I, w I was just going to ask about your headspace when you're writing your other EPs versus where you are currently creatively at the moment as you're preparing to write some other stuff. Um, well, some of those EPs were just kind of like all written very hastily i would say like like it was i it was a for the figures ep the the one with the lizard on it the green one mm -hmm. um each song was written in in one day like um it was actually with jesse he um plays on that one with me and we recorded it in his apartment <laughs> and we would just challenge ourselves like to start in the morning and like come up with the the music and then like I would just like sit there stressing out just trying to come up with lyrics and then by the end of the day we would have the whole song wrapped up so that was fun to just challenge myself in terms of like my songwriting ability just to be like okay like here we go let's go from beginning to end in one sitting but this time I think I would like to, <laughs> I'm I'm done with the stress of that and maybe just like having the freedom to like take my time and like explore things rather than just trying to show off that I can do it in one day. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of about on another album that I really love that came out this year. That was by F'd Up, and it's One Day. And I know that when they recorded it, they 
recorded the whole album in one day, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely think like challenges like that can be good, but very stressful for I almost I was looking at in like the lens of thinking, okay, like qual quantity over quality mm-hmm. in a way. Cause it's <laughs> like at least you finish something. <laughs> yeah. And there's something to be said about um being squeezed under pressure like that. You come up with things that maybe you would not have been able to think of if you had too much freedom. And then on and also like uh it forces you to make a decision. Like I find like having complete open creativity with the project, a part of the challenge can be to finally like accept something like I've had friends who've done like, you know, over 50 takes of something to try to get it perfect. But like when you're under this time crunch like that, you kind of have to like accept, okay, that's the take. Like that's, I'm going to have to roll with this. And like, there's something about, that that's actually nice because you don't get paralyzed by like oh can it be better can it be different you just are like okay that was it yeah no exactly it it either is or it isn't and if it isn't then do something else you got to stop re-recording yeah exactly 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 cjam 99.1 fm your only true sound alternative in windsor detroit CJM broadcast from the University of Windsor locally at 99.1 FM and to the world at www.cjm.ca. Hey, you Windsor students, are you hungry for more than knowledge? The U Windsor Food Pantry is open to all students with a valid U Windsor ID. They're open Monday to Thursday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The food pantry is located in room 233 of the CAW Student Center next to the UWSA main office. The food pantry seeks to take a bite out of food security concerns with food aid assistance. Book an appointment online at uwsa.ca under services or give them a call at 519-253-253. Three zero 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 extension three five zero four. Tuition is rising, costs keep mounting, and you shouldn't have to choose between food, rent, or textbooks. The Campus Food Pantry, located at room two three three of the CAW Student Center.
Hey there, those three songs were Contrition and Disclosure, Not Like Drugs, and Mount Aramos. I think that's how you pronounce it. I hope I pronounce it right. You're listening to C-Jam 99.1 FM with our interview with Roy Trout. And those songs were by Roy Trout. Did you ha- also make the song titles in the on the same day? Because I was looking, I was like, these are interesting song titles. How did you pick them too? <laughs> um, I think the song titles came after just like, in the in the same way that I don't like writing lyrics, I don't like <laughs> writing song titles. Oh. And uh, it's funny because like when when we jam and like we practice, all the song titles are just like new song, new <laughs> song two, or like some goofy thing that somebody said, and it was like okay, that's the fake song name for that. And it wasn't until like I had to put the record out that I'm like okay, I have to come up with. Oh actual song names because it can't just be new song one new song two or whatever but now on the flip of that when we jam and i write a set list and it has the actual song names nobody knows what i'm talking about and i have to write <laughs> like the dumb the dumb fake practice names <laughs> so yeah all of those are kind of like i come up with them on the fly or like sometimes it's just like really obvious like i just take the, like the hook or something yeah. and that becomes a title yeah. like kind of like sugar boy I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's clearly got to be the title of this song. One day someone's going to take the set list from one of your shows and they're going to see that none of them <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to have no I- they're gonna have no idea what we were playing. Yeah, no, that'll be awesome. Yeah, um, we got I guess one more question for you before we wrap up here. And uh, I guess I always like asking musicians or artists uh if they reflect back to the, I guess, the Roy Trout or Roy that started this band at the beginning, uh, is there something I guess you would say to Roy or you can say something to the future Roy and we will send this to you um, in like a year. I will make sure to actually email it. I'll be like, Roy, this is what you told yourself. So any, any I guess, mm, thing a- that you wish you could have said or that you'd like to say? This is a toughie. Um, well, I guess... I guess maybe past Roy was a little bit preoccupied with like, like the trying to, to make stuff that other people enjoyed and, and getting stressed about like being accepted Mm -hmm. in the community and like, uh, present Roy is like, you know, a little more grown up now I'd like to think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I do it for myself more now. And it's like, I re- I've remembered that, like, that's really the joy of it is you're doing it for you and not for anybody else. And yeah. that's why it's so personal and awesome. And if people pick up on that, then that's how they truly get to know you and experience you. Cause you didn't write that with any other intentions in mind. And, and I guess that's what I would hope the future self uh, remember still <laughs> and uh yeah. and i hope i continue down that track of just doing it for me and and just doing my best for myself instead of being preoccupied with what others think about it yeah as you grow up you'll grow more into yourself that's kind of what i like to say yeah i really love that yeah exactly okay thank you so much this is roy trout and you're listening to the cjam 99.1 fm
And that closes out our interview with Roy Trout. You're listening to Apps and Sounds here on CJAM 99.1 FM. And this was our interview with Roy Trout. My name is Weedy. And those last two songs we played were High Score and Temporary Resident. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you enjoyed that interview. To bring our show to a close, we're going to play some songs from... Roy Trout's collaborator, Jesse Fellows. We got Let's Stay Enemies, Mirror, and Domino coming up next for you. I hope you have a good afternoon, evening, or good night wherever you are, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.
Welcome to Reaching Out in the Rose City, a Windsor-Essex spotlight series featuring regional nonprofits, community programs, and initiatives. Today, we are connecting with Her Campus from the University of Windsor. Her Campus was originally based in Boston, Massachusetts, and now has over 230 chapters across multiple universities in the U.S., in Canada, and around the world. And Her Campus at U Windsor started in 2014 and is now eight years old. So one of the main things that we do is post a variety of different articles to our Her Campus website. But along with posting content, we also promote our chapter on a regular basis over social media, and we host a variety of events. These can be within the club, which we call bonding night, so that our members can get to know each other. But sometimes we do events for the general U Windsor community as well. We are all about empowering women and highlighting diverse perspectives. As a space for community and campus involvement, who does Her Campus represent? So while Her Campus was originally started as a magazine for women, recently the official Her Campus HQ based in Boston have been diversifying their branding to attract a wider audience of people. At Her Campus U Windsor, we see our club as a way for students to find a safe space to express their opinions and experiences we represent people who want to make a change and use their voice to uplift everyone. How does the community or campus support or get involved with Her Campus? There's a variety of different ways that the community can be involved with Her Campus. First, we are ratified with the UWSA, so we are able to participate in all of their different club events, such as Welcome Week, so that we can showcase our club to a wider audience on campus. In terms of community support, we try to showcase articles that have a variety of different diverse perspectives and topics to attract different audiences. We tend to do this most often with our theme weeks, 
We cover a lot of social justice topics with our theme weeks, including pride, women's history, indigenous history, BIPOC, etc. And these allow us to showcase a wide variety of opinions to our audiences and showcase the diversity within our club. How can campus and community members stay in touch with her campus? In terms of contact information, you can visit our website, which is hercampus.com slash And you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Spotify, which are all at hcuwinsor. If you want to be a part of our program, you can email us at hc.uwinsor at hercampus.com. Thank you. And before we go, what is your experience with Her Campus? Yeah, um, honestly, for both of us, Her Campus has been not just a club where you write articles and post social media posts. It's been a community. Really, it's given us an opportunity to make friends, to have support from people who understand what we're going through. It's really been a community instead of just a club. Thanks for tuning in to another quick episode of Reaching Out in the Rose City. If you liked the tunes jamming in the background, that was Garami by the Diasonics from the album Origin of Forms.